you doing? Good morning. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmarie Maw at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here ready to go. Yeah, it's great to be back. Great to be back. And uh, between now and 10, we have so many lovely guests for you to meet. So uh, do stay tuned. We have a gorgeous competition for you as well. So coming up later on in the programme, we'll be chatting to Alan Carney about a wonderful concert with the Carrigaline Singers, who are welcoming a special guest to Carrigaline this coming Friday night, the Celtic Tenors. I'm really, really looking forward to that. We'll also be chatting about Decadent Theatre Company's production of Blackbird coming to the Everment Theatre. Tess Maguire is joining me with Rebecca McCarthy about a really, really intriguing play that's coming to the Cork School of Music this week. And, of course, this week we mark the start of the Cork International Choral Festival. And I'm thrilled that we're going to be joined live in studio by the director of the festival, Peter Stobart, later on this morning. I'm really excited about that, you know, because we've had kind of like this telephone relationship <laughs> for the last couple of years, which is which is funny, you know, when you haven't met somebody in person to do it. So that's, that's really exciting. Uh, I can see actually text coming in already about the Choral Festival. And you know, if you were ever in a choir, if you're in a choir right now, if you just love going to the Choral Festival, um, we have a fantastic prize for you this morning because Cork's 96FM, our proud media partner for the 67th Cork International Choral Festival with choirs from Ireland, Europe and beyond on all the stages, the streets around Cork. There's going to be choral trails, free shows, family events, fringe events. And we're just thrilled that it is once again bringing Cork to life with song. And we have a pass to the festival to give away. So that is a pair of tickets to every single concert. Go to them all, go to five, go to three, go to seven, whatever you want. The pass is to do with what you wish. So I'll be telling you how you can win that as we go along through the programme uh, but lots and lots and lots to come. So we're going to be bookending the programme back and forth with lots of choral music and um, lots of music actually from the Celtic Tennis, but also Cork artists. And you know what? We always love to hear from more and new Cork singers and songwriters as well. So the text or WhatsApp while we're on air is 0833 96 96 96. I'm going to start off though with the Celtic Tenors performing in Carrigaline this coming Friday. And this is a track I love from their album Feels Like Home. It's their treatment of Galileo and the harmonies are just divine. Galileo fell in love as a Galilean boy and he wondered what in heaven who invented such a joy but the question got the better of his scientific mind and to his blind and dying gaze he looked up high and often sighed and sometimes cried who put the rainbow in the sky who lights the stars that Dreamt of someone so divine Someone like you 
ask some funny questions now and then But just remember the alternatives For I remember when I was lonely and unhappy And my lips were cold as ice But you kissed me and good heavens Now I'm here in paradise So if ever I'm not kissing you Or looking in your eyes I won't be blind and I won't cry I look up high and gladly sigh And thank the guy Who puts the rainbow in the sky? Who lights the skies at night? Who dreamt of someone so divine? Someone like you and me. Listening to the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. And I was hoping to talk to one guest, but I have a bonus two guests actually chatting to me now about an upcoming play in the MTU Cork School of Music this coming week. It's devised and written by Rebecca McCarthy. And I'm not sure if the only actress in it or one of the actors in it is Tess Healy Maguire, who joins us on the phone today. So hello to the two of you. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> we actually have two other people and I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to keep it as a surprise. I know, tell them. I know. <laughs> uh, Simon McKeown and Emily Tenhagen. Yes. And Tess. So there are three third years in the NTU course and me, Rebecca McCarthy, I'm a fourth year student and as part of my self-devised module, I get to put on a production of some sort. So it's a great opportunity. There's only two of us doing it this year. So they're both on on Friday and Saturday, the 29th and 30th of April at 7pm. Their tickets are free and they'll be available on the door. So there'll be a 20 minute play, which is ever adapting by myself. Then there'll be about 15 minute interval. And Deirdre Dunley, the other girl doing the self-devised module, has her play on after. I think it's running at about 45 minutes. And that's called I Don't Understand. Now, in fairness, Rebecca, you've come on the radio to say to the people of Cork, this two plays being shown for free on Friday and Saturday. So that's a bonus straight away. But I want to come back, though, to what you're doing. Like you are a fourth year student in the MTU Cork School of Music Theatre and Drama Studies degree course. What is the self-devised module that this is coming under? It's a great opportunity. So... Basically, during the summer, before you go into fourth year, you submit a proposal to a few lecturers here at MTU. And if they're happy with your idea and it's a well-hashed-out proposal, you will be brought on and you will get a mentor. So a lecturer will kind of take you under their wing. You get 30 minutes a week with them 
and fill them in. But other than that, it's really, you're kind of left to your own devices. It's a great opportunity to get creative. I'm very lucky. I got Johnny Hanron, who teaches script writing and directing here. So because I wrote the script myself, it was fantastic to have gotten him to help me and to kind of review anything I was doing, anything that I felt sticky about while in the writing process. He helped me with it and that, that was fantastic. That is just brilliant. Can, can you tell us a little bit about Ever Adapting? I know it's always hard when you want to talk about a play on air without necessarily giving away too much, but kind of a hook into it maybe? Yeah, so the idea basically is about these three millennials who are, of course, in their own opinion, very individual, but I think they're a lot more similar than they'd like to admit. And they're basically on a trip of self-discovery and are brought through it by a lovely boomer lady, (laughs) a a young lady, uh, which is acted by Tess here with me. Okay. And um, it's basically, she just kind of helps them along their way and they have to some home truths, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to come to test there now because I'm giggling here at this side of the phone when you're, you know, trying to describe various generations because describing and labelling generations is something that really only, I suppose, became very, very mainstream in the last year or two with people keen to define who's Generation X, who's um, Millennials and who's the Zeds. And well, Tess, you've just been labelled one of the boomers. And if only I could remember when that was, I was <laughs> I don't think I was the one booming. No, no. Oh, no, that was uh, well know. before your time. Come on, come on, come on. But this is the part of acting, <laughs> isn't it? All right. So listen, like you're you're there in third year in the course now, isn't it? Yeah. Yourself. Yeah, so third year. How so are you a, finding it's it? It's a great chance. Well, it is all changed since the last time I was at university. And I find that I indulge in a lot of overthinking, which is one of my, let's call it strengths and be kind. I think Rebecca might call it something else, but she's too nice to say it to my face. <laughs> but I, I do love being in the middle of all this energy and working on this particular piece and with Rebecca and the others. They are all very supportive and it is a very nurturing atmosphere in this in this piece and it is bringing out in me and my work I think a lot of things that I would have shoved down in one of my many bags and not really looked at mm-hmm. whereas when now that I get a chance to and I have to look at them I realize that even though we may all have different titles of gen this and done that and whatever, there's such a universality of things between the generations. Nobody wants to admit it, but we all take the same path. We all reach the same conclusion in one way, if you want to look at it that way. And it's just our view of how that journey is going. And, you know, God knows I've hit enough potholes or in my case, you know, falling off boxes or tripping over things on the pavement or that. But, you know, I keep getting up and I keep going forward. 
And so I loved doing this here. I really am enjoying myself. I think you've hit on something there, which is very, very true. You know, the environmental path that each generation may tread certainly differs. The challenges and the bumps along the way may differ. But the internal journey is the same. And it isn't until you go through a certain number of hurdles and everything like that that you actually realise that that is the case. And each generation that comes along feels like they're encountering this for the very first time. And it's not until you do get a little bit older and you look retrospectively that you see the wisdom we can pass on and the wisdom we can take from those who went ahead of us. Because regardless of the hurdles, that internal adaptation we need to do, we all need to be ever adapting, no matter which path we've been coming on. Uh, so I love the ideas in that. And Rebecca, did any of that sort of impact in the work? It definitely did. I, I'm i very interested in these like generational battles, I suppose. Deirdre Dunley is also a mature student, roughly about the same age as my dear Tess here. Um, 35. <laughs> Not quite. But um, <laughs> I always found Deirdre would have always been kind of my best friend in, in the class out of everyone in my year because I actually rejoined that year in, in second year. I went to London between first and second year. So the one I actually ended up clicking with the most was actually Deirdre. And it was great to kind of spend the last three years basically hanging out with someone much older than me and kind of bridging that gap and 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 from those friendships and I think everyone who's ever worked in hospitality will also agree yes um, which I have done all through my degree is that age doesn't matter when when you're in a workplace if you're all working the same job and I think those relationships that I've made with people varying from 18 to 65 has really shown me that we are kind of all the same, as you've said, that everything that I've gone through, someone's gone through before me and someone will go through again. So it doesn't really matter. So I think I I really wanted to make that clear. And I, I also wanted the kind of the wisdom and the knowledge of someone who's already been through it all as kind of the forefront of the play, which is the idea of having someone so much older than the the ensemble cast. Well, you couldn't have cast a better person in the role as Tess, because in real life too, Tess can be quite the oracle. <laughs> Listen. Very colourful. Very colourful. No, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, the, the tapestry that has gone into the background of this sounds just gorgeous. And so the play itself, you said, is called Ever Adapting. It is short. There is an interval and then followed by a second play and both plays play each night, Friday and Saturday, and they're free. What time is curtain up, so to speak, and people just get tickets at the door? 7pm. Yeah, and that's in the stack auditorium. Yeah, in the stack theatre. So when you... Just in on the left. Just in on the left when you come through the doors of Cork's Good Music on Union Key. Listen to Rebecca McCarthy and to Tess Healy McGuire. Thank you both so much and wishing you so much success with the run next weekend. Thank you, Elmarie. Thank it's you. great talking to you always.
I, I love talking to Tess and I was delighted to be able to talk to Rebecca yeah. and two fantastic plays and as she said, free. I mean, and if you've never been into the Stacked Theatre to see any particular plays there, it's so well worth going. We publicise so much stuff happening in the Curtis Auditorium of the Cork School of Music where they have a lot more music. The Stack is really kind of the home, if you like, of theatre in the Cork School of Music. So that's where you're going to go. So in the doors of the School of Music and immediately in on the left-hand side of the foyer is the entrance into the Stack theatre. So Friday, 7pm uh, was when you get the chance to see those plays first and wishing them all the very best of luck. Now I'll tell you something else that's free yeah, and it's free to enter. All you have to do is just text or WhatsApp us on 083 because we have a free festival pass to every single concert in the Choral Festival and all you have to do is answer one very simple question. And coming in in the car, the two of us were trying to figure yeah. out, okay, what do we get them to say? What, 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 what do we... So we decided we'd send you on a little bit of a treasure hunt, but not too far, okay? Okay. Well, if you check them online or have a look around or sniff up on Google, you'll find out that Cork International Choral Festival has been bringing Cork to life with song. But since when? I'll give you a bit of a clue. Since 1950... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... We are delighted to be proud media partners here in Cork's 96FM with the 67th Cork International Choral Festival. But uh, while it starts on Wednesday, when did it begin? What year? So bringing Cork to life with song since 1950. What? Here's one of the past guests. These were Touche. I love this one. You are the sunshine of my life. You are the sunshine of my life That's why I'll always be around you You are the apple of my eye Forever you'll stay in my heart I feel like this is the beginning Oh, I've loved you for a million years Of my 
I love it. That's the group Touche. And I see that some of you are actually doing your maths and doing your subtractions, guys. That subtraction won't work, you know, because there were one or two slips, I guess, in the Cork Choral Festival history. So that's why I told you to go online and check. So anyone who's saying to me, 1955, mm -mm, you have to go and try again. All right. We're going to take a break. Heading to news after this. Back soon. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103.
getting far more from the guitar than just her three chords and the truth that is John Williams there dance from La Vida Breve and you know what I'm looking at all the texts and whatsapps coming in for the Cork International Choral Festival it begins this Wednesday and runs right the way through the May weekend it always heralds in I guess for me the start of summer for sure so we're asking you this morning if you would like to win a festival of pass to the entire festival so this pair of tickets will get you in the door of every single event whether it's the gala concert a church concert a choral event a choir exchange a fringe event a family concert anything at all that you like the workshops all the competitions all day long in City Hall next weekend and all the prize givings all day long again at City Hall next Sunday if that's what you would love to do um, or go to two go to three whichever you like so all you have to do is text or WhatsApp me to 0833 96 96 96 and answer the following question the Cork International Choral Festival has been bringing Cork to life with song since 1950 what? And uh, I have to say, quite a number of you now are back to me with the proper answer. Norma, um... Norma sent in one. No, Norma, that's not the right year. So go and have another look. I did tell you to take a peek at the Cork Choral Festival website and uh, that will give you the answer right there on the homepage. So well done to Kay Rice and Greta Lucy. Lovely to hear from you. ADR as well. Dave McGrath texted to say, good morning, Elmer and Connor. Next Thursday, there's a Georgian folk group appearing in Holly Hill Library at 11 o'clock in the morning for the Choral Festival. They're called Group and they're going to be performing folk and choral music from all corners of Georgia. And also, their own singer circle is on Friday afternoon at 2pm, hosted by John O'Leary and everyone is welcome. There's wonderful singers there too, Dave says. So thanks a million to Dave McGrath for that. And yes, you're right, there's going to be so many choirs from all over the world, all over the world, appearing in a library near you. You never, never know. So good morning to Brian on the WhatsApp. Yes, I see you there. Hello to Chris Gibbons. Just clicking on you there, Chris. Well done. You're also in with the right answer. Hi to Dee from Fantastic to hear from you as well. Uh, there's somebody else whose number ends in treble eight six, but you haven't given me your name. So don't forget to include your name and your details in either your text or WhatsApps so that we can include you in the competition as well this morning. Uh, but so many more of you coming back to me with the right year. So the right year is right there on the home page of the Cork International Choral Festival website. 0833 96 96 96 is the number that will get you there. Now I said it kind of heralds in the start of summer for me, doesn't it? Uh, for all of us, the May weekend really is when it all kicks off. We have a little bit of a promise of it in this morning's sunshine. It's kind of put me in the mood. Dos gardenias para ti Con ella quiero decir Te quiero Te adoro Mi vida Ponle todas tu atención Que serán tu corazón Y el mío Dos gardenias para ti que tendrán todo el calor de un beso de esos besos que te di y que jamás te encontrarán en el calor de otro querer a tu lado vivirán y se hablarán 
como cuando estás conmigo y hasta creerás que se dirá te quiero pero si un atardecer las gardenias de mi amor se Que tu amor me ha traicionado Porque existe otro querer you're very welcome back to the programme and to thanks to those of you who are all texting in for um, the competition with the Cork International Choral Festival this morning. Delighted to hear from you. Don't forget to keep your answers coming in 0833 96 96 96. That is the, uh, the text to tell me the Cork International Choral Festival has bringing been been bringing Cork to life with song since 1950-what? Well, this week or next week rather at the Everyman Decadent Theatre Company returned with David Harwer's play Blackbird. This play was an adrenaline joke to critics and audiences alike when it premiered at the 2005 Edinburgh Festival and it went on to receive productions around the world including the West End and Broadway exploring guilt, rage and raw emotions between the characters of Ray and Una who last met when she was 12 and he was 40. Irish Theatre Magazine said of Decadence's last run of this show, it's a stunning play, dense with philosophical and ethical issues about human sexuality that have not been explored with such visceral honesty since Nabokov's Lolita. Well, the part of Una is played by Mae Fitzgerald, and I spoke to Maeve yesterday. 
We are commencing the tour next week um, in Limerick on Thursday, Friday and Saturday of next week. And then we've a couple of days off and then we're down in the Everyman on Thursday and Friday, the 5th and 6th of May. And then we're in Ballydehob for the night on the 7th of May. So we go over to another part of Cork and then we head off on tour on, for the rest of the country, I think another 11 venues after that. So Cork is our, our second and third venue. Brilliant. You wonder where they're coming or going by the end of it, but it sounds fantastic. Life on the road. Do you enjoy life on the road? Um, do you know what? I do in the summertime. When you're doing a tour in wintertime, it's a bit more difficult because the days are a bit shorter and there tends to be less to do. And I don't know, I think all of us have a bit of that SAD thing where your your mood is a little bit lower when it's dark and when it's grey and when it's cold. But coming into these months now, it'll be lovely to be on tour because the country will look lovely. Everyone will be in better form. The evenings will be longer. So yeah, it should be it should be nice. It'll be lovely, but gosh, what a contrast then to the material that you're exploring in this play, Blackbird by yes. David Harwer. I mean, like we're going to have these fabulous, gorgeous evenings and the subject matter that this play takes then dives down into a subject that a lot of people feel is still taboo. It is. And the way it does it is quite remarkable because he's such an incredible playwright. He's such a skilled playwright and such a, he has such a broad view of humanity that this play is full of grey areas. It doesn't come down hard on either side. And it leaves you with more questions than answers. And any preconceptions that you may think that you have walking into the theatre, I think will certainly be shaken by this play. It's challenging. It's, it's, um, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted, but it is a very compassionate, forgiving, understanding, and it turns a very taboo subject on its head. Now, it doesn't shy away in any way from the horrific ordeal of abuse. However, what it does do is it offers slightly a, a, broad, a broader view of it. And I think it's quite, it, it could be quite unsettling for some people, but I think theatre at its finest forces us to ask questions. It doesn't give us all of the answers, you know, and, and I hope that people have debates afterwards. I hope that people don't come away saying, well, this is how I feel about that. I, I, hope, I hope it opens up things for people rather than closes, closes the subject down, if that makes sense. I don't want to give away too much. No, else. see, I, I know that, but we do have to, I suppose, guide people a little bit into where the play kicks off. I mean, I like get won the 2007 Olivier Award for Best New Play on Broadway, starring Jeff Daniels and Michelle Williams. And I have seen little clips of their encounters. It is the most intense, confrontational conversation back and forth. So can you briefly kind of give an overview of the two characters, where we meet them at the very beginning? Certainly. So the characters of Ray and Una, we first encounter them in an office building, which is Ray's place of work. And Una has spotted a picture of Ray in a magazine in a doctor's waiting room and has recognised his face instantly and has come to find him after 15 years because 15 years prior to this, when she was 12 years of age and he was 40, they had a relationship and he was put away in prison. She was given therapy and they were both essentially failed by the system, thrust back into life and both of them are trying to live their lives as best as they can with all of these unresolved issues between both of them. Both of them have tried to move on in their own ways but have never had any kind of closure or any kind of understanding about what happened between them, why it happened. And this play basically is an hour and a half of their, of, as you say, their confrontation, their conversation to try and make sense of the whole thing and to make sense of their lives 
up until now. Uh, it seems compelling, phenomenal, dark and disturbing and every other kind of adjective that you could find around it. But at the same time, I know that Decadent Theatre Company has also commissioned a kind of an outreach programme that goes along with it. Yes, um, a wonderful lady called Danny Gill. She's very invested in, and committed in with, with this project. And as far as I know, I'm not sure which particular venues um, that are going to be availing of this, but... There will be several talks and talkbacks and um, I, I imagine post-show discussions and uh, um, on this topic. They're hoping to bring in various people who are experts in this field um, who would have a far more um, maybe rounded and academic view than we would mm. um, um, to enable audience members to thrash out questions that they may have and also to shed some light on the subjects that are discussed in the play of, of sexual abuse, abandonment and of the effect that that has on, on both people throughout adulthood. Um, and also, I believe there will be resource packs, which will offer um, some insights as well. I know from the investment that Danny Gill has put into it and will be putting into it that, you know, should a venue want to um, avail of those of those resources, I think mm. they will certainly be available. And there, you know, it's, there's, there's no harm in... in um, having a kind of a companion piece to go with this kind of thing because uh, it's it's emotive, it's difficult material, it's difficult subject matter and it's very important that audiences do know, what, you know, while it is, it does deal with, with issues of a sensitive nature, it, it discusses sexual abuse of a minor and we, we do advise people who are over 16 only to come and see it or at parents' discretion. What I would also say is it is deeply human. There are, you know, it is deeply relatable on a human level um, and it features some incre- like incredible writing, incredible writing. So I would urge people to um, to allow themselves to go there for this hour and a half with us. I really, really would. You play the character of Una, who we would meet in this play. I guess she's late twenties, early thirties by the time she is. She encounters Ray again. So, like the writing of her part, I imagine you know is is critical and just pivotal to how the whole play turns. It is, yeah. I mean, Una. Funny, you know, throughout rehearsals, you discover different things at different times, and things reveal themselves differently. And thing that's been revealing itself to me um, over the past few days of, of as we as we finish up our rehearsal period is that Una is somebody who is she's protecting herself, but she has been labelled. Um, which is very often, I believe, happens to victims of abuses, particularly young female victims of abuses, that they are labelled negatively in their community and sometimes in their family, and mm-hmm. they are they are blamed. They're blamed. Yeah. They are seen as, you know, for, for want of a better phrase, the, the novel that was out a few years ago asking for it, yes. you know, um, placing themselves into these positions of vulnerability where, you know, you can't really blame them kind of thing. And she's been labelled like this for, for her whole life. So she has protective walls up around her. But within that hard shell is a, is a very, very soft exterior and a soft, still a 12-year-old, because what I, I believe from the bit of research that we've been doing that... Um, very often with victims of abuse, there is a level of um, feeling they are stuck. Yes. No matter how much they try and move on with their lives, there's still a part of them that will always be that child until yeah. it is, is, is entirely resolved. Absolutely. 
so the writing is is, uh, is is critical for Una and I think David Harrow has done a really really good job I mean my, my aunt um, my aunt was one of the senior psychiatrists in Arbor Hill for several years and now she works in St. Pat's so she would have dealt with people who would have been both perpetrators and victims of abuse and I gave her this play to read and she came to speak to us as well on, on the subject of, of the play and I asked her you know would you consider this play to be an authentic representation and she said absolutely absolutely wow. so he's done an excellent job the writing is very it's, if you see it on the page it's very it's technically it's very very challenging but when you get into the flow of it it just you you get lost in it and it's like a very a very good tennis match <laughs> i think well yes it's described as a blistering and compelling two-hander we don't yet have audio clips of uh, yourself and declan in the roles but i do have a very short clip of that 2007 performance between Jeff Daniels and Michelle Williams. So I'm just going to let oh, people yeah. hear a tiny clip uh, of that now. Like you said, the back and forth between the two as Una, as an adult, comes and confronts Ray once again. Listen, Maeve, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And yourself, Anne-Marie. Uh, please, I hope everybody comes to see the show in the Everyman or in Valley the Hall. We hope to see you there and let us know afterwards what you thought. We're very excited to hear. Well, you open in the Everman on Thursday the 5th and Friday the 6th and then down to Ballydee Hob on Saturday the 7th of May. Thank you so much. Mind yourself. Take care. All the best. Bye now. I don't know why he invited me, your father. I said hello to him on the street when I saw him. I, I helped him with his car once, but I was surprised when he asked me. I wasn't going to come. I didn't know anybody there or, or, or neighbors. But, you know, my windows were open. I could smell the, the barbecue five doors away, the smoke. It wasn't to because of you. I'd seen you on the street, around, but not... not. You were looking at me at the barbecue. No! I saw you. I wasn't. I felt I, you. No, I, I looked at you. I wasn't looking. We're not doing standard presentational Broadway up there where we kind of lean out and hit, hit the audience. We don't care whether you're there or not. It's two people in a room working out a huge, huge problem. You just happen to be watching. And we got to get there every night, eight shows a week. There is no kind of sort of maybe kind of a little bit doing it. It's all in. I mean, it leaves the audience at the end with a gut punch. They feel what we are feeling throughout the play and certainly at the end of it. And there aren't a lot of theater, uh, plays that, that, that do that. So I'm thrilled for David and Joe and Michelle and myself. And I'm glad it was recognized. I really am. And that was film actor Jeff Daniels there speaking following their own production of Blackbird. So you can check out all of the details on the Everyman Theatre website. Okay, this is the last call for your entries before the nine o'clock news. After nine a.m., we'll be chatting to Peter Stobart of the Cork International Choral Festival and Cork's ninety-six FM are proud media partners with the festival, which begins on Wednesday and runs right the way through the May Bank Holiday weekend to win a pair of festival passes to the entire festival. All you have to do is do a sneaky look on Google if you like this morning and uh, you'll get the answer on the home page of the Cork Choral Festival to this question. It's been bringing Cork to life with song since 1950 what? Text or WhatsApp to 0833 96 96 96 and we'll put you all in the draw. Uh, one of the people who texted in was Catherine Hennessy who is uh, a member of the Scrubs CUH Workplace Choir and 
And she says, will you give a big shout out to Scrubs because we've back after over two hellish years and we're so excited. And a big thank you to Patrick and Joe who've been trying to whip us into shape for the competition. And Catherine Hennessy sent that in. She's one of the members of Scrubs. You know what? I think you guys more than anything else will appreciate what it means to be able to sing when you're feeling at your lowest. So uh, we'll be chatting in fact to Peter about the Workplace Choir competition because we did a phone uh, work about that and I'm so so curious to see what happened with all the videos that Workplace Choirs sent in around the place but lots to talk about coming up after nine. Uh, We'll also be chatting about the Celtic Tenors who are coming to Carrigaline on Friday night and we have more listings for you as well. For example today is the last day of the Cork World Book Festival so we'll dip in and out of bits and pieces that you can do today, tonight and over the course of the week. But right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll head to news with Katie. Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House. Only 4% of universities in the US are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Well, what a start to the second hour of our programme. Um, that is, of course, heralding the beginning of a special focus this morning on the Cork International Choral Festival. Cork's 96 FM are proud media partners and I am even prouder to be welcoming the director of the festival, Peter Stobart, into studio. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Thanks very much <laughs> for having me and what, what a joy it is to be here. It is a joy because you know when I was saying this to you a second ago, we've had a telephone relationship for the last while. I guess that's how a lot of people began friendships donkeys years ago by being pen pals and things like that before they eventually met. It feels like that with you. We've had these telephone conversations without actually meeting for so long. But it must be even more exciting for you as director of the festival to finally be back in your new role with the festival in person because up to now you've been administering a festival remotely, which is really tough. 
It has been tough. It's been tough for for everyone, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's really great to see you in person. I think we did see each other over Zoom, um, <laughs> the, the the dreaded Zoom, um, and and of course, I last year we were doing uh, video interviews with people over Zoom as well. But it, it really is going to be great to uh, welcome the choirs and welcome the audience um, to the festival this year in person, as you say, rather than actually not seeing the audience at all and hoping that somebody was in fact listening last year to our um to our online festival it really was like a candle of hope wasn't it you know running a festival like that online but at the same time i know you would have had um a great response from like we were talking about scrubs a request came in from Catherine there a while ago um the workplace choirs who still went to all of that effort in various companies to keep their workers connected by you know, singing from home and making a video of, of music they were singing. And, but there's nothing like being in person. Like one of the things I love about the week of the choral festival is you could be walking down Oliver Plunkett Street and there's someone from, you know, a choir from Eastern Europe somewhere, you know, just singing on their way down past the Oliver Plunkett or, you know, sitting in the, I suppose, the atrium of the Clayton Hotel. And the next thing is there's a, a sing-song breaks out and, you know, sitting, sitting anywhere and suddenly a choir walks in, they're here to experience a little bit of Ireland and they can't help themselves and they start singing. And everywhere you go, that's the kind of joy of Cork, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we encourage the choirs as well, if they're flying into the airport, actually to, to sing in the airport just, just after they've collected their bags. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there'll be choirs in the library and there'll be choirs um, all over the place and in the Clayton, as you say, on, on Saturday and Sunday afternoons afternoons in the atrium um the clayton are, are, are very good at uh putting us up there and, and that's always a great way just to call in um take in a couple of choirs uh, on, on your way through town absolutely now i suppose of course besides the joy of us wandering around cork city feeling yay there's a festival and here are all these choirs and everything there is a kind of a serious business to it um we'll come on to the gala concerts and all that sort of thing in a minute but for choirs who have been uh, i suppose preparing and rehearsing and who are flying in they're not merely flying in to wander around and drink coffee and put on sing songs they really take concerts and, and competitions like the Fleischmann International Competition very, very seriously, don't they? They do, and most of the choirs, in fact, probably all of the choirs who are in that competition, that Fleischmann International Competition, which is on Saturday evening in City in, in City Hall, um, most of them are, are multiple prize winners in other competitions across Europe, uh, across the world. Um, just reading through their biographies, uh, you know, they're sort of listing... All, all these uh, places they've sung and won prizes and been commended for this and, 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 and that. So, so it really is a privilege for us in Cork to, um, to be able to host these, these choirs and, and to listen to them. It's really good that they're, they're still coming as well. Yes, because, you know, when we look at the program and we're saying to our listeners, you know, go to the library on such and such a day and you'll hear such a thing or uh, next Sunday, go to such and such a church and you will hear another choir sing. The reason they're here is because of the prestige of this particular competition and the uh, esteem that the festival is held in in Europe. So it must be really exciting for you as director to have, you know, that network and that that family of international competitions that you're connecting with. Absolutely, and I suppose because I'm I'm relatively new to this, it's part of part of the excitement of my job is is, is discovering those other competitions um across europe as you say cork is one of 
uh, one of a group of, I don't know, almost 20, I think, competitions of, a, of, a, of festivals of a similar kind, which are um, linked together and sort of would visit each other. So mm. I'm looking forward, actually, I'm looking forward to going to uh, to Germany to, to visit Markt Oberdorf, which is in uh, Bavaria, uh, so I'll be going over there to, to, to meet some people and to see how they do things, and that's that's in early June. So How's your German? My my Bavarian is... <laughs> oh, excuse is, me! <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite a strong dialect, I think, a dialect, so it, it's, very, it's quite different to German, um, although I'm sure they all speak German as well. It's not good in, in answer to your question. <laughs> Google Translate will Absolutely. be your very best friend on your way around then. Okay, so um, obviously the festival brings huge excitement with it, and part of that, I suppose, is the big sense of occasion that all of the gala concerts have and traditionally the gala concerts have followed kind of a, a pattern with the opening on Wednesday running through to the closing gala on Sunday so maybe for people who are listening this morning we might just remind them first of all if you would like to win a festival pass to everything that Peter is talking about this morning then to have a sneaky look on the Cork International Choral Festival website, Cork Choral, and you will find the year it began. And the, the slogan is, bringing Cork to life with song since 1950, what? So I want the year. Text to WhatsApp it to 0833 96 96 96 and we'll pick a winner before 10am and uh, you'll have a festival pass to absolutely everything. But take us through then some of these fantastic gala concerts that we're going to see, Peter. So the opening night on Wednesday in City Hall is uh, a group from Northern Ireland called Sestina and they're giving us a performance of uh, Handel's Messiah. Uh, it's it's a well-known favourite, uh, but w- what a great way to bring back the festival after a dormant year. Oh, if ever you wanted to sing Alleluia, it's, it's, it's this year, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so, so they're using period instruments and uh, that, that should be a really interesting uh, exciting uh, p- performance of Messiah to open the festival on Wednesday uh, and then on on Thursday up in uh, St Mary and St Anne's the North Cathedral uh, we've got a group from the UK called I Fagiolini and that the, the, that name means little beans uh, <laughs> but don't ask me why they call themselves little beans I, I'm not sure if there is a reason but it's, there we are it, 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 it's Italian for little beans I Fagiolini and they're doing a really interesting program based around T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland the, the poem uh, the poetry so um, that's going to be read out uh, by uh, Bernadette Cronin from um, UCC Theatre Department yeah uh, and then they're they're doing music uh, based around that, and the, they've called the program "Rewilding the Wasteland." Yes. So I'm particularly looking forward to that. It's going to be really, really fascinating. Wonderful in collaboration there between the two. Uh, and then on Friday, uh, Chamber Choir Ireland, as always, are doing their concert in St Finbar's Cathedral, um, and there's a premiere. Um, there's, there's always a premiere, and this year it's by John Luther Adams. Uh, uh, he's from Alaska uh, and this was a co-commission with King's Place in London and also Carnegie Hall in New York so so, so we're really really up there with the big names uh, and it's uh, a piece called um, A Brief Descent into Deep Time and that's uh, based around the layers of the Grand Canyon uh, so think, thinking about geological time 
the Grand Canyon, I think, has every layer of geological time represented, apart from one. And I think, I hope I've got this right, that's the Jurassic. But every other layer of geological time is in there, except the Jurassic period. So it's a piece, piece of music, a piece of choral music based around that, which, uh, again, is going to be really, really interesting. And that's, and that's the, um, the Irish premiere. And fantastic era and time, I guess, to contemplate time. We've been doing so much of that with the last couple of years, but um, you know, the the essence of our existence really um, in that kind of meditative uh, way. So that's an interesting collaboration internationally as well uh, for that. And that's on Friday in St. Finbar's Cathedral. Now, St. Finbar's, of course, is always used for the International Choral Festival and that, quite appropriately, is also your musical home, isn't it? That's yeah. That's my that's my uh, that's my other job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, director of music there. So uh, really nice to be able to bring 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 these two elements of my, of my life together. I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean the I, th- I think also the 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 Thursday night program rewilding the wasteland has probably got hints of of of, of the past year in yes. there as well. Yeah. Um, when we, we speak about Saint Finbar's Cathedral, I love the fact that quite often, you know, people who are used to going to the choral festival and particularly to see Chamber Choir Ireland on the Friday night will always that that's sort of like one of their little calendar markers that they will have in of the Friday of the May weekend they'll go to Saint Finbar's and some people will have that always in their calendar. But you'll always find people who come to St. Finbar's for a concert for whom it's their very first time in the door of one of the top tourist attractions, if you like, of the city and county that's kind of uh, advertised internationally and still people are still discovering it, which is wonderful. But they can also now this year discover St. Coleman's Cathedral in Cove because that's also being used as a venue this year. Yes, it is. Oh, we have used it before, but um, we're using it once again for... Um, as kind of the centre of a fringe festival which we've decided to run in Cove for the first time this year. So so the whole of Cove will be taken over by singing as well. There'll be choirs down there singing in the in the arts in the heritage centre, sorry, in the in the serious arts centre, um and as you're saying, St. Coleman's Cathedral. Um so on Saturday afternoon and on Sunday afternoon you can hear those choirs um and the cathedral performance is on Thursday lunchtime. Yeah. Now, it's impossible for us to list absolutely everything that's happening. I mean, do you have any idea, even at this stage, Peter, how many events are actually taking place? I haven't counted them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm de- sitting, here, sitting here desperately trying to, uh, hoping I'm going to remember everything you're asking me about. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, let's take a wee musical break then. You sent me a couple of tracks and this is a lovely one from Dublin Youth Chamber because we must remember this fantastic youth choirs and young choirs also taking part uh, over the course of the festival. This this is a short track of theirs called Make We Merry. the 
time of Christmas. If that he say, he say, he cannot do. My love was not asking no more. But to the stocks then, but to the stocks then, let him Christmas. Make we merry, make we merry, both more and less, both more and less. For now is the time of Christmas. Now is the time. You're listening to Cork's 96FM and C103. It's Elmery Maud, the mic with you until 10. And we are joined live in studio by the director of the Cork International Choral Festival, Peter Stobart. Peter, that particular choir, I'm going to let <laughs> the pronunciation of this one to you. Who are they? That's the Ole Bull Chamber Choir, and they're from Norway, conduct, uh, conducted by Jon Fleidel Blichfeldt. Okay. And they were singing a piece there. Um, which I'm not going to pronounce in Norwegian, but it, it means uh, Christ is risen. Okay, and a, a really fantastic sound from them. So they're performing in this year's festival as well? They are in the Fleischmann Trophy competition on Saturday night, yeah. Okay, so it's worth checking out those competitions because, you know, people you really get a chance to hear all of the choirs from all around the world that are coming at the top of their game because they bring, you know, the, the creme de la creme of their pieces for this particular competition and um, because the standard is always so high and the competition is also so fierce. Um, right throughout the year, though, there are lots of things that keep the festival engaged with people. You have, of course, the Sean Aria, the uh, international composition. And I, I love the intrigue of this one where it's um, all of the entries are submitted anonymously, aren't they? They are, yeah. That's to give everyone a fair chance um, in in front of the the judging panel, mm-hmm. just in case the judges happen to know anyone. So it, it is it is all anonymous, and they send in a pseudonym, which are sometimes very interesting. Um, uh, so yeah, so the the winner this year is Dara Black Hines uh, from Dublin. So we're looking forward to hearing his piece, um, also premiered in the 
um, in the Chamber Choir Ireland concert on Friday night in St Finbar's Cathedral, along with the John Luther Adams piece that we were talking about earlier. It's always really exciting to hear new music and new compositions, which is fantastic. Okay, um, one of the big elements of the Choral Festival, of course, is the outreach, the education and the involvement in that. And I know that means a huge deal to you, doesn't it? It does, yeah. A lot, lots of my work with St Finbar's Cathedral is going into schools and, and bringing singing and music generally into them. So, yeah, I, I was always very keen when I took on this role uh, to to develop the education programme and, uh, and and that's still ongoing, and hopefully next year there'll be even more, and, and, and with some different ideas. Um, there's a, a new initiative this year has been uh, a choral conducting um, uh, seminar, uh, which is happening over three days, and uh, we've got about 12 uh, conductors who have applied to attend that, and they're, they're actually starting on Tuesday, even though the, the official festival start day is Wednesday, but they, these conductors are coming in on Tuesday and doing three days with uh, two international uh, choral conducting experts, Roland Berger from Leipzig and Amy Bebbington from the UK, and they're going to be putting them through their paces. Uh, so that's going to be re- a really interesting development. And you see, it's such a huge, crucial role. I mean, like the choir stands on stage, they're facing the audience, the conductor has their back to the audience. Every single choir knows what it's like to have a change of conductor or a change of musical director standing in front of them. If you have somebody whose face is bright and constantly, you know, you can see still photographs of conductors, their hands outstretched, you know, they're miming all the words, they're bringing different parts in, their faces are lit, you know, they, their whole bodies become imbued and infused with the music, and, and but they can't make a sound, you know, which is, you know, an, an extraordinary thing. It's it's not simply <laughs> waving your hands until the music stops, as they, the old joke goes. So this is really um, important and, uh, and and hugely skilled. It is, and, uh, and also when the, when the judges are delivering their comments, um, often the choir feels like they're being criticized or you know, or, or or praised of course but but in reality it's often the conductor who who is actually responsible for all of those things which the adjudicators might be talking about yeah there's huge pressure and responsibility because ultimately it is the interpretation and the decision around that interpretation that the director of a choir brings to every rehearsal and to the direction of a piece of music as it's rehearsed for the stage, isn't it? And the conductor has also chosen the music in the first place. Yes. So, it, the, you know, the, it, from the get-go, it's it's a really crucial role. Have they chosen the right sort of piece? Is it, is it showing the choir off to its best? So there's all those things going on in the background, um, as as well as rehearsal preparation that the conductors do alone, um, you know, before they've even gone to the rehearsals and then there's the whole rehearsal period, um, none of which is seen. Um, but also, of course, it's that rehearsal period that choirs have been missing most over the last year, year and a half as well. Incredibly difficult for conductors to maintain or do something like that, of course, through lockdown and over Zoom and all sorts of things. Uh, really, it's boggling the kind of pressure that they would have essentially been under to try and produce something of this, the calibre that we'll hear. And the pressure now, of course, is that uh, rehearsals are taking place live, but after a period of of, of um, well, as, as you say, on online rehearsal or or possibly just no rehearsal. So it's it's uh, it's it's the conductors bringing their choirs to a festival and competing 
having had a year of silence. Yeah. So there is there is even more pressure in some ways this year because, of course, people m- may know the choir and may know what the choir should should sound like, but does the choir still sound like that? that- Ooh. Didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many, so we many do, issues uh, around, around. Donald Rumsfeld, the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. And we'll definitely have a lot of that this year, which is exciting and thrilling and challenging. And I think sometimes out of, out of that, it shakes people out of complacency too, doesn't it? It can shake people out of a pattern and can sometimes, you know, give birth to something brand new or change things up for choirs. Um, or allow them to explore a different direction before deciding, no, we liked the sound we had before and maybe rediscover new things. And there's all sorts of things you can do with it. There's such a huge program. Like I have been looking at a really um, easy to see and view PDF online with that you have on the, the website, which is sort of like the festival at a glance. You can scroll through pages and pages and pages online, but you can also pick up a beautiful paper uh, in-your-hand program of the festival. And, you know, despite everything, Peter, the, the, the program is still as thick as ever. It, it's all, yeah, almost, almost as thick as, as ever, thick I think, ever. I think would be, would be fair. But, okay. uh, we, yeah, we've, we've certainly tried to bring back, um, everything that we had before. Um, and choirs perhaps this year are, are working slightly harder for us than, than they've ever done before so that we can, we can fill all of those areas which, you know, we didn't want to lose our fringe concerts and, you know, all those sorts of things. So, so the choirs who are coming are really, are really being worked hard, but that's what they want to do and, and, and that's what they've been missing. Yeah, funnily enough, I had a, a tweet yesterday from Jenny who said, can you try and persuade Peter to start doing the Come and Sing events at St. Finbar's again? Some of us are getting serious withdrawal symptoms, which I thought was funny. But it just goes to show you how much things mean to people. And speaking of Come and Sing, um, that is one of the events that always happens every year where regardless of whether you come on your own, whether you come with all of the altos from your section of your choir, whether you come with your neighbour from next door, uh, whether you've never been in a choir, whether the last time you were in a choir was when you were in school yourself, there is the kind of the, the giant event for everybody, parents, children, anybody, the big thing. Yeah, and that's on Saturday afternoon after after some of the national competitions, and that's being led by um, a gospel choir uh, this year. So uh, it'd be really great to have City Hall uh, full of people all singing along uh, to uh, gospel music. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've done the big thing a few times as well, just for fun in the afternoon as a kind of a break. You wander in. Uh, it doesn't matter if you can read music or if you can't, you will be led along. Reading music can sometimes be a help and will get you there, but simply to, to come along. And with a gospel choir, I imagine it's just going to be this year a real celebration of joy. So there'll be plenty for the children to clap with as well. Yes, for sure. So that's Saturday afternoon. What time is that in City Hall? Uh, that's around four o'clock in City Hall. Okay. Yeah. Once the competitions there have finished, it it leads straight on from those. Okay. So the competition element of the Choral Festival is the sort of serious business of it, of course. And Saturday is the big day for all of those competitions. Sunday then is kind of a gala day and a prize presentation day and a well done to everybody day and a big celebration, isn't it? Well, there are still competitions happening on Sunday as well. Uh, Sunday morning <laughs> in, in City Hall and then Sunday afternoon in St. Finbar's Cathedral, the church music competition and the chamber choirs and the youth choirs are happening in there on Sunday afternoon. So it's, it's Saturday afternoon and most of Sunday actually, yeah. And, and then as you say, prizes uh, at around half past five in, back in City Hall.
back in competitions, yes, for sure. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what can be happening then, because next Sunday, this day week, it's, uh, you know, you have competitions there like the jazz and popular music competition. That's right, yeah. Um, and uh, there's Ireland's Choir of the Year, which is always um, a, a popular one that's happening on Sunday morning. And uh, we've got uh, four choirs competing for that. Um, but one of the one of the biggest competitions is the uh, IBEC Workplace Choir of the Year, um, and that's something we started last year. Um, and of course, last year it was entirely a video competition. Uh, this year, it, it, it's a bit of a mix. So uh, we have uh, workplace choirs from around Ireland, some of which we've set up ourselves, um, and some of which already existed, like Scrubs uh, here uh, at CUH in Cork, um, which you mentioned already this morning. Um, so they they come together, and uh, that's that's actually one of our biggest competitions. It's been really popular, um, partly because workplace choirs have already existed, and partly because we've um, set them up. So some of them wanted to carry on like last year with the video idea, they they weren't happy coming together um, in, in person just yet. Yes, and I can uh, understand so, that. So, so uh, there's kind of two parts to that competition. One is is still a video one, and you can see that um, online uh, from next Saturday. Uh, and then uh, I think there are about six choirs actually coming and performing in person. Uh, which 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 will be really great to see, uh, and possibly a really scary prospect for them, because often uh, if you're in a workplace choir, you may never have sung um, at all. You, you may have just signed up because you think it's a, a great thing to to do with your work colleagues, but suddenly to be um, on the stage in City Hall performing to potentially a very full room might be quite a scary thing. So that's going to be very interesting. Uh, to see on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Oh, I just want to wish them all the very best of luck because, you know, there is nothing like the buzz, the adrenaline and the joy of taking part in it. So if they haven't done it before, you know, enjoy the nerves. That's all part of the excitement, I think, you know, and it just lifts something and uh, it's a real experience and it's it's just pure, pure joy. So, um, you know, we just have to also mention the various things that are happening. Like there's a choral trail happening starting from Wednesday. People can bump into choirs or sit down you could you could be sitting in the farmgate cafe having a coffee or your lunch and the next thing is a choir will be singing almost all of the libraries are taking part with various choirs calling into them i know we mentioned the clayton you also have like tequila jacks will be having various choirs popping in um, and all i can do i guess really peter is recommend to people to go onto the website for the Cork International Choral Festival because we've given them such a drenching of information. I think this morning, listeners, you'll agree, it's it's hard to kind of maintain and keep all of those details in your head. But we've given them a huge flavour of the competitions, the gala concerts, all of the fringe events that are taking place and uh, and a big salute to those who are coming from all parts of the world to take part in, you know, following a pandemic and right now, when things are still so kind of troubled and unsettled in the world, it's a huge thing for a choir to undertake an international journey and come to Cork. And I know Cork will always rise to the occasion and meet them and greet them with joy and a, a big, a big welcome. So the website once again is 
corkcoral.ie. Yeah, corkcoral.ie. Peter Stobart, Director of the Cork International Choral Festival. It's been such a pleasure meeting you and having you in studio. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. Congratulations to you and to all your team. And I was laughing, I was saying to you, have you got your sleep and your meals and your vitamin... (laughs) vitamin regimen ready for the next uh, week or so because there won't be a minute's sleep I imagine there won't be many minutes sleep no certainly <laughs> and any kind of health plan which I may or may not have will definitely be out of the window <laughs> listen that's it thanks so much indeed Peter. Thanks thank for you me. Quartz 96FM and C103 The Arts House
Oh my gosh. Guys, if you are a singer or a fan of choirs and singing, today's programme, I guess, has really been uh, one for you, hasn't it? Because that is the sound there of the Celtic tenors. And they are also coming to Cork this week. In fact, for a concert in Carrigaline on Friday night as guests of the Carrigaline singers. And so I'm joined online by the director of the Carrigaline singers, Alan Carney, this morning on the phone. Hiya, Alan. Hi, Elmarie. Good morning. How are you? I love the show this morning, Elmarie. You know what? Aren't we just spoiled in Cork for quality entertainment with, like, the Choral Festival? And we've got the, um, the Celtic Tenors coming on Friday night. We've got amazing venues. We've got brilliant local artists. And, you know, yourselves and Connor and Night Six of them are just such fantastic supporters of the arts in Cork. So thank you for that. But, Alan. wow, yes, the Celtic Tenors Friday night. I mean, it's going we to be are great. really looking forward to it. it I know is, you are. Going now, I'm going to... <laughs> Listen, I'm going to cut you off there. <laughs> Which is You're shocking, shocking for an interviewer to cut off the interviewee. I just wanted to say to you, of course, while we can get a fast mention, you were so, so busy because you were, of course, also going to be on keys and vocals tonight in the Everman for <laughs> yeah. the Doris Day story with Doris the Everman Day. Sunday Songbook. Yeah, yeah so, it's all go. It's all go. And Doris was 100 if she was still alive. She'd been 100 just um, this month. So it's a, a refitting kind of a tribute to her story and her memory. And, and what a story is well for Doris Day you know what an amazing life and uh, and career she had she was one of the highest voting artists um, in her day and then you know I, I don't want to give the story away but she just left it all behind and opened up a little pet friendly hotel um, in California and lived out her days there running that so I mean what a star a superstar a superstar. So, so tonight, that's tonight, yeah. that's tonight, and I know, like downstairs, I think there were when I checked, there were three, three seats. seats left. Yeah, one of them was in the front <laughs> row, and then when I looked upstairs, that's three, three quarters, quarters gone. gone yeah. So there, yeah. there are, you know, um, some seats up still upstairs in the balcony. So that's tonight. Okay, that's tonight that's part. Right. In fact, when Linda and Alf were in studio last, you were supposed to be coming in with them, but you had COVID at the time, and you weren't able to come I in. Did, I, I did, I did. Yeah, and eventually hit me. I was avoiding the kid. The kids came. It started the week before the kids uh, came home. One of the kids came home late and I was like, all right, I'll kind of stay and try and stay clear and it slowly made its way through the house. But look, none of us were too sick and um, to be honest, it was a relief to have it done and dusted and over with because this anxiety of never knowing could you commit to anything was hanging over so much for the last I know. three years. I can totally <laughs> relate to that. Yeah. we were too sick, you know. So, yeah. so Back there you are, like another, you wear a million musical hats, but one of the ones obviously is the, the that of conductor with the Carrigaline singers. And, you know, just talking to Peter Stobart about choirs coming back and singing in person and some uh, still remaining online. I imagine your first rehearsals back with the Carrigaline singers were hugely emotional because they're thick as thieves, oh, the lot of them. Absolutely, they are. I mean, when you're in a choir like that, it's not just about showing up and you're rehearsing night and singing. You really have a connection with um, the, the, the other members around you and you have to have that connection to be able to to be able to produce amazing sounds, you know, and um, and you're giving so much yourself, you have to be open and be comfortable with people around you. So that disconnect that had been there for not being together for you know um, two years had a had a huge impact. But getting you know that first rehearsal when people are back, it was strange because social distancing was in place and people were still wearing their masks, and you know you had to have certain regimes. Um, but it was worth it. It was a lot of hard work on the committee and the members, but the so worth it going back and just to hear singing again and to be together making music. You know, there's nothing like this. There really isn't. So at the end, we went back just just before Christmas. We gave a short little, um, we were guests at, a, at an uh, um, uh, Advent service in St. Mary's in Carrigaline and that was our first kind of moment back 
and then we start a proper rehearsal then in January again. And it has been without its um, challenges because, look, I, I was absent, obviously, when I had COVID. Other um, choir members will be absent for different reasons. So attendance has been um, not to the same standard that would usually be. But, like, everyone's going through that, no matter whether it's the workplace or social groups or, um, or, or hobbies, you know, attendance uh, is impacted. So... I think we've taken that into account. We've had a really successful term. We're aiming for Friday night and um, a lot of shorts promising to be. It really is. Now, you have had the Celtic tenors as guests in Carrigaline before. You all get on so, so well. <laughs> and like, you know, the three lads have been, well, they've been here. Obviously, we've played them so many times. I've been playing the Celtic tenors since they first brought out Mystic Lipstick yeah. back in yeah. 2000 or 2002 yeah. or something yeah. crazy like that. And yeah. so, you know, James Nelson, such a gentleman, and Matthew Gill, have been on the programme with us so often as guests and they have such a great relationship. They have a brilliant rapport with the audience. They're so entertaining. They are so entertaining. And they came in October 2019 and I mean that show was just epic. I was laughing. I was crying. It was just Fantastic! Their, their 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 performance, the crack that they had on stage, but the quality of their singing and music as well, and it was just them and a piano. And I was genuinely, I was blown away with the sound. And I know they're touring at the moment; they're back in action. They're they're on the continent until uh, until tomorrow, I think, and um, in the Netherlands, in Belgium. And uh, James sent me a WhatsApp of um, one of the theatres that they're in. I mean, they're performing in some amazing venues. Um, but we're dragging them back across the water and they'll be here again and they'll give a promising another fantastic show on, on Friday night. You know, they're just, it, it's the kind of show that you can sit down, you'll hear stories, you'll hear, you'll be laughing, you'll hear memories, you know, you get a background to the song, it gets emotive, you, you, they just have that great personal connection and that's genuine, you know, you can't, um, you can't fake that for the, the two, a two-hour show. No, 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 that, yeah. that's that's them. That's what they they Absolutely. bring to a, a, a performance. You know. Yeah. No, I, I remember that concert and coming out of it just um, really beaming, almost yeah, pain in your yeah. face from smiling. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, the concert, <laughs> as they say, will be a game of two halves. So we'll we'll begin with the Carrigaline Singers, I presume, and then the Celtic Tenors will take over. Are you Definitely. doing any together? We are going to do a couple together, yes. We've, um, we'll be rehearsing nice and um, promptly on Friday afternoon, making sure everything's uh, nice and tight, and a couple of duets between the the, um, the tenors and the Carolite singers. So I'm um, looking forward to that. I won't give anything away, but um, no, they, 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 they love having a choir. Sure, I mean, it was they begged us, Elmarie. Would we please, please be uh, have the back and sing with them? <laughs> no, they, uh, they're great crack, so we're, we're really looking forward to getting with them and singing on Friday night. Okay, listen, Alan Kearney, musical director extraordinaire, we better get the housekeeping done. The concert is on in Friday in the Carrigaline Court Hotel. That's it, 8 o'clock. You can get your tickets on eventbrite.ie or if you're in Carrigaline, you pop into the Carrigaline Court Hotel or into Welsh's Pharmacy and uh, or you get them from any of the choir members as well. And tickets are going fast, so that's not the kind of thing you want to leave now till Friday afternoon um, and last minute, you know. So eventbrite, eventbrite.ie, um, Carrigaline Court or Welsh's Pharmacy in Carrigaline. Yeah, I'm, I'm lo- really, really, really looking forward to that one myself. Alan, thank you so much. No, thank you, Elmarie, and thanks, Connor, for having us on. Okay. Not at all. It's going to be a great, great night, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that for sure. Listen, Alan Carney, 
Thank you so much. And enjoy tonight now in the Everyman with the Everyman oh, Sunday Sunday. I don't have to try too hard. It's always a great crack. <laughs> Thanks, I bet Linda Kenny is at home today already getting the hair done and everything oh, to be she looking is. She, She's up to the clock this morning putting on the, putting on the glitter. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't need it. She doesn't need it. We'll be looking forward to seeing your glitter, Alan. That's the thing. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Slaan Elmerie. Slaan Elmerie. Thank you. I was going to say Slaan Elmerie. So that's Friday night in the Cargilline Court Hotel. Okay, speaking of Sloan, before you have a few couple of fuckle for this week, I just want to get a we- couple of things out myself, like mm-hmm. what's on today. Um, for instance, World Book Day is the last day, so there's a couple of things that have caught my eye. There's an antiquarian book market in Nano Nagel Place from 11 till 5, but if you get over to Fitzgerald's Park at half two, you get one hour of pop-up poetry. And then at 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock in St. Peter's and North, North Main Street, last launches, people who had published books during the, the pandemic have now got the opportunity to meet the public and get their books out to meet the authors see the books and just go to St. Peter's this afternoon the last day of Cork World Book Festival Well I don't know if you're going to be able to do it I don't know if you're going to be able to do it but you know I don't know if you're going to be able to do Sullivan, shining she shoes and fiddle, as hook she crushes them, we track nua, a glock she part own, let some rise, some fall, a squeal sheath on track, her son, an Irish motor neuron disease uh, associations at all a, a guest own. So, Clashamid, a er bowl. Tashigalir Karalikela Eg Michael Fitzgerald Augusta Brian Casey he is the Wayfield Recording Studios Igloch Nukilte Tashifir Alling so Molim Dive e a Chanach now Nikostian She Ach Euro a Wine er son Irish Motor Neuron Disease so is Fidna the Oil er Band Camp so Khordig some rise, some fall, air band camp. Agus Nilain Spasna son Anam Shin Crystal Palace on Tanam Ata Erin Track Shaw.
Well, not just Shane Fear Alling, Crystal Palace and Thanema Thorn track. I guess Khulishiv, Idel Sullivan, or Fiddlers of Piano, Ashling Urban, Erin Harpock, is Oscar Casey, Erin Cello. It's just the most beautiful piece. It costs only one euro on Bandcamp, and all the proceeds of that are going to the Irish Motor and Neuron Disease Association. So if you go on to Bandcamp and search for some rise, some fall, without any spaces in the name, that will come up, and one euro will give you not only that track to download, but a donation to a very worthy cause. Now, while you're mentioning names there, of course, I have to mention the fact that that event this afternoon at three o'clock in St. Peter's in North Main Street as part of the World Book Festival was curated by and is curated by Madeleine Darcy from Groom and Danielle McLaughlin. That's lost launches in St. Peter's on North Main Street. Launches that didn't make it over the last couple of years are all coming together in one afternoon. Now, tonight in the Singers Club in Spalpeen Fawn, I'm delighted to tell you that John Neville is the special guest. A mighty man, great tunes all together and well worth going to at half past six in the Spalpeen Faunach here in the city. Now, this week, if you go to the Everyman, his friends, the musical par- parody. Also, Cork Opera House, they've focused, on, com- they've <laughs> focused on comedy. This, I'm doing How okay. Doing? I'm doing all right. I'm trying to make my way through the list. At Opera House Cork, they are focused on comedy this week as well with Neil Delamere on Thursday night and Oliver Callan in on Friday night. And of course, we all know in Parky Cueve, Ed Sheeran takes the stage Thursday and Friday night. But don't forget, Vladimir Yablakov is in St. Mary's Church in Donorail on Friday the 29th. And tickets are available from Centra in Donorail. And a particular favourite of the show, Greenshine, are playing Collins also on Friday night and booking now also there for Roan on the 4th of May. And finally, Sea Church in Ballycotton has Sarah Gilroy with her cabaret show Broadway Through the Decades on Wednesday night. And John Spillane on Thursday, on Saturday, sorry. Okay. And tickets are available for, for all, all of those shows. concerts. So, you know what, you can listen back to the podcast after if you want a quick rundown of what all of those events that are coming up this week are. Um, but I'm telling you, there's actually loads, loads, loads to do. Can I just announce the winner of the competition? While you were chatting there, Connor, I got con- the computer to pick. <laughs> if I could pick, I wouldn't be picking this name because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> but I'm guessing it's Miriam Van... Mary, I'm so sorry not for not being able to pronounce your surname, but you know who who you are, and your phone number ends with double four one seven. So I'll contact you back. You've won that festival pass for the Cork International Choral Festival. Corks ninety six FM proud media partners with that. Can I also give a very quick shout out from Suzanne Donworth, who just wanted me to say a huge thank you to everyone for their acts of kindness, especially recently, and also a special hello to Kathy Clifford in Bantry, who sent beautiful flowers. Suzanne, I hope that gets through to everyone you wanted to to contact. Thanks indeed to all our guests, to everyone who's been involved in the programme this morning. Enjoy the Choral Festival, guys. It's going to be a great, great week. We'll chat to you next weekend. The May weekend. Summer's here. Yay! Corks 96FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told 
about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.